Good morning, everybody. Can you turn that up just a little bit more? Okay, everybody, it's time for parables. If you're out in the uh, coffee area, come on up. We have um, Daniel Sanchez as our guest today. I'll do an interview with him. And then we have Linda Harris, who, uh, for the love of God, I hope, is telling a story again about a Studebaker. You are? No. No. Well, you're always, you're a good storyteller, so they're always good stories. So, Steve, tell those people to come on in for parables. What? Well, that's kind of the point. It's uh, it's supposed to put a question mark over people's heads and make them wonder, and then it makes them click. You know, Pat was wondering what parables was all about, and then she showed up because otherwise, I don't think if she if we had just told her it was a storytelling project, she would just would have stayed in bed. Folks, uh, I would like you to welcome uh, Daniel Sanchez, who works for New Mexico Cafe. So come on up. Uh, you know what? I have some questions, but I left them way over there. And so you're getting a whole new set of questions is what you're going to get. Uh, so... Uh, Let's start here. Daniel, what what is New Mexico Cafe? Hang on just a minute. Check, check. Oh, there we go. Uh, so the question was, uh, what is New Mexico Cafe? And quite simply put... Um, New Mexico Cafe is a nonpartisan um, political organization. Uh, we work in the interest of the community. There is no agenda that, that NM Cafe has. Whatever the community wants to work on and brings to our table and brings, brings us or invites us in is what we work around and what we work behind. We work to, ser we work to um, fight against oppression to fight against injustice, and to fight the good fight for the people that are in need. Um, so, like, that's the quick summary of it. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> which is really funny here, uh, Daniel Sanchez. So, uh, New Mexico Cafe, uh, Comunidades de Acción de Fe. Yes. Okay, so that's uh, Communities of Action in Faith is what that stands for. And so uh, Daniel struggles because it's – and that's why I laughed. We've laughed about this before. My Spanish is a little bit better than Daniel's, but not by much. Um, so right at the moment, you're working with uh, Pastor Amy and the Morning Star community on what? Uh, gun violence, trying to reduce gun violence in the community. Um, that was a issue that um, right after the Uvalde school shootings, Pastor Amy had sent me a message – and, and said they, that Morningstar wanted to work around that particular issue. And um, that was, I believe, in June. And since then, we've had uh, monthly meetings 
working around that issue, um, talking about how it's affected us, talking about how how it's changed our, how we live our lives on the day to day, where it impacts me, uh, and I had to sit and re- reflect on it um, because right now everyone feels like Uvalde is so far away. The there was another school shooting, uh, or, um, I'm sorry, mass shooting. Um, recently at a high school football game, not here in town, but uh, I believe somewhere in, in Texas. Toledo, thank you. And um, so I sat there and I reflected, and, and it's almost like my daughter, my youngest, gave me an answer. She comes up to me one day after school. I'm like, hey, how's, how's school? How was, how's school going? And she's like, oh, well, we had a shelter-in-place drill active shooter drill and I'm like okay well what'd they do for you and and they said we had to get really quiet and then they lined us up against the wall I'm gonna project a little bit they had me put my face through the wall get on my knees put my hand behind my back I have to show this because, as you can see, I'm a, I'm a person of color. That's a really hard thing to have my little brown girl do. I understand it is, the intended purpose is to try to save vital organs, save vital parts of yourself. Water. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't lose it. <laughs> um, and I, I understand it's one of those situations where we're, where we're like, well, what, what can we do? That that was the best. That was the best answer that that teacher had in that in that active shooter drill. That was the best answer we had. That reminded me of when I was a kid, and we'd hear. A gunshot in the neighborhood. I grew up in a pretty rough t- part of town. And then my brother would come in, yank me off the bed, onto the floor, and put a pillow over my head. And he said, shh, be quiet. And we wait there. And then it was a typical, you'd hear the loud bang. Some dogs barking. Roo, 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 roo. And then, roo. So, when we sit there and think about how does this stuff affect us, and it doesn't have to be just gun violence. When you, the next time you have the thought of like, well, that doesn't affect me. Maybe not directly, but if you sit there and reflect, many issues that exist in our, our community affect all of us. And that's what NM Cafe does, is collect these stories Collect these these movements, collect this energy, and put it together to have movement, to move our politicians, move our representatives, move our senators, move the people that have the ability to do something, and get them to do action that's in our best interest. Not just Daniel's best interest, not just in, in Stu's best interest, for the community. 
That is what Enemy Kafir does. Well, the the community of Morningstar knows that if it was in my best interest, it would be about pie. Um, so the, these meetings happen the first Tuesday of every month at 5.30 here in the sanctuary. If you want to come, come be a part of it. Or if you just want to come and, and check it out and, and say that, hey, now I know, like, uh, because knowing's half the battle, you can come and, and, and do that. So you shared a little bit of like your passion, uh, for what it is that you do and your passion for your family just in this quick moment right here. But you're also passionate about, uh, music. You're, you're a musician. That's your side hustle, right? That is the side hustle, yes. <laughs> and, uh, we have seen each other out and about in town where you're playing around and, and you're like, uh, Guillermo, you, except you have more buttons and you have like a little console thing and you make, you, you, you make a lot of music with just one instrument. Yeah. Um, so I essentially do like a one man band thing. I have like a little drum pad. Um, when I'm feeling lazy, then I'll just smack on my guitar and make like beats out of that. And, um, yeah, that, that's, it's just a one man band, um, situation. <laughs> do you write your own music or do you? I, I do, but unfortunately, um, a lot of, there's not much energy towards the audience that wants to hear original music. They want to hear songs that they know, hear, hear songs that they can like move around to. Gotcha. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have you here one Sunday and you can play nothing but your own music. Ah, <laughs> uh, that might make people really, really sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you're passionate about the work you do. You're passionate about your side hustle, your music, but, um, one of the reasons why Amy asked you to come today was to share your passion for, uh, your spiritual walk. And it's, it's, it's different than ours in the sense that, um, we come here, uh, to worship the Holy Trinity, the creator, the redeemer, the sustainer that we know as God. And, uh, you kind of do the same, but in a different way. Can you describe that for us a little bit? Like, and I guess to, before you start, you need to share a little bit about your background of like where it is that you come from and how it is that you, you do this thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was born and raised here in Las Cruces. Um, I'm 33 years old. I've spent all my life here. I've seen, I've seen Las Cruces grow. Um, my, my, grandfather um was uh i, I guess uh, the word would be deacon um for an apostolic church in town um and that was kind of my introduction into church um and it was it was it was like once in a while my mom would like take me and and that was it right and then um when I was 10, I met my, my father, my, my stepfather, but for all intents and purposes, that's, that's the man who raised me. And he introduced me to um, his indigenous culture, his indigenous faith. And that's, that's what I was primarily raised in. And it's very communal. There's not just Daniel. My, my, my father's name was Larry. It's not just Larry. We are part of a whole. We are part of something bigger. 
and um, so there is there is the creator aspect. We have we have the creator, right? And then the I guess for us the redemption aspect of it is it takes a village. That's 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 what it was. Is is when I got in trouble at school, it wasn't just my dad coming down to me and being like, "Hey, what's going on?" It, it was a discussion for the for the group at large. My aunts and my uncles would sit there, and and the rest of the tribe would sit there and be like, "Hey, what's what's going on?" And the idea was, if my father couldn't reach me, maybe someone else's wisdom could reach me, because. That is one thing in, in, in my culture and my, my, my faith is, is the wisdom of the ancestors, the wisdom of our elders. There's a lot of wisdom there. There's a lot of lived experience there. And maybe someone has a way to share that information, share that wisdom, share that, that philosophy that can reach you, right? Because they essentially told me the, the same message, right? But... It was in different ways. And that that is very much just the whole of, of how it works. That's that's why when I see, uh, like, out in, out in the store, <laughs> um, like, I'll be at Walmart, Target, um, I can't help myself. If I see a, a, a kiddo that's maybe a little bit uh, rambunctious, <laughs> I'm like, hey, take it easy, relax. You should go back, mind your mother. You should go back, mind your father. Right? Not in a in a like overstepping my 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 place, but that that a lot of that's been lost a little bit. I think people don't want like only I can tell my kid what to do, and only I can right. And we understand that there's reasons for that too, right? I'm not gonna be blind to to those reasons of why parents are extra cautious when other adults intervene, right? Because that can be potentially dangerous. But as a whole, I think I think that that was the the biggest thing that I always took away in my faith is is it wasn't just Daniel, and I I take that into what I do in my work. It's not just Daniel. It's never the the uh, for example the the gun violence meetings and 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 the things we work on. It's not just Daniel comes and tells us what to do. I, the, the last conversation we had is like, where do you where do you guys? want to take this where do you want to see this go what do we want to do right and even after whatever outcome happens of of the gun violence issue you as a community you as a church have different things that you care about things that you want to work around things that you want to work behind and stand behind that maybe speak to you a little bit more than than gun violence and that's that's all it is church is a tribe that's what it is. It's the people that care about each other, people that get to know each other, people that love each other, and work towards the entire, the collective good. So it's the community, the the tribe that sustains you. Yes. So if it was just you onto an island unto yourself, it was just me unto the island unto myself. I still have ancestors. I still have the rest of the rest of what the creator brought. We we are not put onto this earth to harm the land. 
We're not here to, we're not put on this earth to just feed, feed, feed. We're supposed to put something back. We're supposed to honor. When, when, when my people went hunting for food, it wasn't just we, we, we killed the animal and, and took what was good. We used every single part. Because that animal gave its life for us to sustain ours. That was a gift from the Creator. That was a gift from, from the land. And it was, the idea was to put it back and use every single butt. Otherwise, you dishonored that, and then you dishonored the Creator. You showed disrespect. And that's, that was a lot of, of how I grew up. Don't be wasteful. And it was just really practical stuff. It, it's funny because I see, see people wanting to recycle and wanting to do all these things, right? And it's awesome. And it was stuff that, that my father had been living by for years. His people had been living by for years. Just don't be wasteful. Don't be harmful. Bring in more good than you're taking. Uh, so many thoughts, like all at once, uh, which is amazing. I do have one question. So um, this gentleman, Larry, who is the dad your creator was created for you, and I, I can relate to that because I had a similar situation in my life as well and still sustained by that uh, even as old as I am, um, or maybe I should say as young as I am, um, Larry's indigenous background, is it here with the Tortugas or is it? The Piro Manso Tiwa. Specifically, he is Tiwa. Okay. So just to give a little bit of history and background on that, um, I'll, I'll give the short version. <laughs> there, we're all Pueblo Indians. That's the, the family, I guess you would, you would say, right? Um, but as, as, you, you guys understand, like, just because you're Las Cruces doesn't mean you guys are all from the same neighborhood, right? Right? It doesn't mean you all come from the same place. It's the same thing. And, and so our people got move, moved different places, some by force, some by, like, uh, we got we to gotta go because things were getting dangerous. We eventually relocated here into the Mesilla Valley. And... It was it was a collective of three different tribes, so that's why you get the Piro Manso Tiwa. And I'm still I'm still learning this history myself. Um, Papa Larry, my my dad, he he died when I was 18, so there's a lot of missing history for me, and I, I wish I had asked a lot more questions, and been not such a awful teenager that didn't want to listen. Um, but. Right now, the Piro Manso Tiwa are not a federally recognized tribe. They're not. They applied for this recognition back in the 70s, and they're still waiting. Still waiting. That's over 50 years. Waiting on land that already belongs to them, belongs to us. And that's painful, right? And And... Little by little, I watched a lot of my uncles die. I watched my father die. 
And again, because I was a selfish teenager, right? That, that knowledge, just whatever knowledge that I accrued at the time, kind of whatever was going on halted. The good news is, is, is they are still a very, very active tribe. And, um, I have reconnected them. They all remember me and, and I've, I'm working on reconnecting with them and learning more of my history, learning more of my, my people's history and culture. Um, but it's very painful. It's a very painful to see, see them have to fight for something that just should already be theirs. Right. And, um, yeah. Well, Daniel, um, I want to thank you for your time this morning and for coming into uh, a familiar yet strange place because <laughs> you're familiar with this place Monday through Friday, but you're not familiar with this place on Sundays. And I um, hope you enjoyed what little bit of uh, worship you came into. Uh, and just to substantiate everything that it is that you believe about the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer, in the King James Version, which is the first English version of the Bible, in the story of creation in Genesis, the first chapter of Genesis, you get into about uh, verse 28. It says, um, replenish, take care of and replenish. The key word, replenish. It's in no other version in English Bibles except for the King James and so thank you for reminding us to replenish, not just to replenish ourselves with the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer in creation itself, to, uh, to be sustained in music, to be redeemed in community. But uh, I want to thank you personally for the work that it is that you do um, on behalf of this community and all communities here in Las Cruces and southern New Mexico. So thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I hope this was a good experience for y'all. We'll have you back, and we'll just make the morning you. Seriously, <laughs> we'll just do that. So, <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have questions or comments, concerns? Uh, Carol Tuck. Um, bureaucratic paperwork, holding it up. There's other, there's other unrecognized tribes that may, maybe have applied first. Um, yeah, it, I don't, I honestly quite don't know. <laughs> I wish I did. So what you could do is write, uh, Secretary of Interior, Native American Deb Holland. So... Uh, Pat Kiever. How'd that feel? It, <laughs> it either worked really well or, <laughs> but, 
I, th- I think I think maybe reflect on that. Try to go back on when you were a kid. Dale. So right now, um, what we have there, there hasn't been anything in the community that we've we've done yet, right? Um, right now, we're in a phase where we're wanting to step behind some already existing proposed legislation, right, and um, do action towards that. A lot of times. Uh, where I feel that the energy is, is, is the, the people that, that attend the meetings want to create a new legislation, right? But that takes years to do. Um, and so in the meantime, there's, there's little actions that we can do, right? Letters, um, there, there, it, depending on how we want to organize it and, and how we want to go about it, there, there's various things we can do. I don't have anything specific right now. I could name off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Rick Kylie. Um, you can follow me at Instagram at Danny Chez Music, D A N I. C-H-E-Z, music. <laughs> uh, on Instagram. Um, you can also follow me uh, on Facebook as well. well. We'll we'll share it in tomorrow's email. And you can... We'll yeah. share it in tomorrow's email. And you can find out where Danny Shea is playing Danny next. Danny Shea. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay. Well, Daniel, thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So back in a past life of uh, storytelling here at Morningstar, um, we used to do this thing called the flame, and it was kind of based on the Pentecostal image that we have on our churches, the cross and flame, and then also, you know, as a moth is to a flame. And so uh, the one person who seemed to grasp what it was that I was trying to do and uh, was excited when I uh, asked her to tell a story so many years ago was Linda Harris. Linda Harris is back again to share a story with us this morning. If you did not know, Linda Harris is uh, a published author, so she is a published storyteller. Thank you. Uh, so I'm going to sp- I speak pretty loudly, I think, because I also have a hearing problem. So if you ever see me kind of wiggling around in church, it's because I'm trying to see what's going on, even if I can't hear. Um, But uh, Pastor Amy asked me to do this, and I was thinking that, um, you know, we're going to start having children attend the services with their parents. And uh, I grew up in services with all kinds of relatives. And my parents didn't take us to church very much, but my aunt and my grandmother did. 
And so, um, you know, that that's kind of my first experience with church. Unfortunately, we were a little rowdy and kind of my sister and I were sort of free range kids. Um, and my sister is very funny. I, she makes me laugh all the time. And so I call these little stories laughing in church. Um, and so, uh, you know, like I say, we would, uh, we sort of, not during services, but during uh, other times, we would play hide and seek in the halls, in the sanctuary. Uh, later, boys would steal our shoes from under the chairs and then throw them off the balcony. So, you know, so we, we were kind of a handful. My, my very first uh, memory, actually, of church is vacation Bible school. And people would be horrified at this now. But the first day of vacation Bible school, we would pile in a car, different, you know, like a little parade, and someone would drive us around all the neighborhoods that were nearby, and we would hang out the windows and wave our arms, and we would say, come to vacation Bible stool. And we, we thought we were really getting away with a lot. So that kind of <laughs> started it. Um, the other, uh, our grandmother actually helped start a church when she went to California. And it was in a senior citizen center. So uh, my sister and I went to visit her one summer. And if you visited my grandmother, she would do two things. She would try to set you up with one of the boys in church. Or... But you always went to church. And so one Sunday, we went to her little church in this center. And um, it was just folding chairs, you know, a long room. And so our grandmother said, you guys, you just sit right here, you know, right in the front. So I said, okay, you know, it didn't bother us. Uh, but, you know, we were kind of young teenagers. And you're, you tend to be a little giggly at that age. And so... The preacher was a substitute, and poor man. <laughs> so here we were sitting on the front seat, and you could tell he was really nervous, and he also had a lisp. So we did all right through all the announcements and everything, but then he, at the end of the announcements, he said, Wet us poi. Well, my sister, who was sitting next to me, said, All white and so I thought, and so I started sputtering and laughing. And as he went on, and he'd say righteousness, and we just couldn't hold it together. So we, I mean, we were shaking there. And so our grandmother, we had a wonderful grandmother. She just tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, "Girls, go outside." So we did. We went out and we sat on the steps out front, and uh, and we were just exhausted. And then we also felt a little ashamed and sorry that we'd been uh, acting that way in front. And years later, my own teenage daughter um, was sitting in church with us. And uh, again, she was a teenager. But church just made her exhausted. She was always so tired. So she slept against my husband's shoulder almost every sermon, you know. But she must have been paying some attention because one time she's after on the way home, she said, uh, 
what is why why are you singing a song about a turtle? We said a turtle. And he says, Yeah, you know. I said, Oh, lead on, O King Eternal. And she said, Oh, I thought you meant lead on, O Kinky Turtle. <laughs> so to this day, when we need to, people need to get going. We always say, lead on, O Kinky Turtle. <laughs> so. I I have a million stories, but I'll I'll just tell you this one more, um, and that involves uh, at, we went to St. Paul's for quite a while, and Jim and I were ushers. So, how many people have ever been inside St. Paul's Church? Okay, so you you know what I'm talking about. It it's huge inside, and back then we had plate you know plates to uh, pass. And so you had two plates, you had to do alternate aisles, and it had three different sections. So it was just such a, actually, I was just a nervous wreck. And uh, thank heavens, when we got over here, Jeff stole my place as an usher. So he and Jim ushered. But one Sunday on communion, and we would have communion once a month, then we would, you know, like here, we used to do stand at the end of the aisle and tell you know, this aisle goes, this aisle goes, and they stand in this long line. And so I noticed this one woman, as we got to the front, she seemed confused. And so I said, uh, so I leaned over and I said, well, are you in the center section? Because we would have people go in the various sections to the communion uh, stations. So she said, and she just kind of looked, she goes, I guess so. So anyway, and then as she got closer in the front, she said, uh, she saw that we were dividing people up by their sections. And she said, oh, I thought you said the center section. <laughs> and I wondered how, how could you tell? <laughs> anyway, so that was, uh, uh, that's my favorite all time story. I've told it a lot of times. Uh, but anyway, you know, uh, and so as, as the kids join you in church or in your teenagers, we've had a grandson sleep through services here. I don't know what it is, but anyway, um, but you know, I, I, even if they're kind of free range kids, you know, I hope when they look back on their years in church, they probably will not remember a sermon, but I hope they remember good things, funny things, uh, people who helped them, people who corrected them in church, uh, and uh, who knows, they might even become ushers one day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Linda. Um, I, I went to high school with Linda's daughter-in-law. And uh, Linda's daughter-in-law has a younger sister that we were in the same grade. And uh, so fast forward to uh, almost nine years ago, and uh, Jim and Linda were up in Colorado Springs where her son and, and daughter-in-law live. And uh, they were talking about their church, that their church had done this new thing of hiring a, a director of connections. And, uh, and so her kids were asking like, what is that? And they were describing it. And then they started kind of describing 
not not by name, but me by personality. And uh, her uh, Gigi is asking questions to where she gets to the point she was like, "Is this director of connection Stuart Davenport?" And and Linda and Jim are like, "Yes." And she was like, "Oh, your church is gonna be fine." So, so yeah, you you. So this morning, we had a conversation with Daniel Sanchez, uh, director of Cafe New Mexico, or New Mexico Cafe. I said it wrong, but anyway, same thing. And his, his uh, sharing with us and how it is that he was created, how it is that he's redeemed, how it is he's sustained. He has a question and comment on his own little question. Yeah, yes. Just to make clear, I'm just not the director. Oh, Okay. You know what, Daniel's kind of really in charge, so just <laughs> hear me now and believe me later when you see him in action. Um, and so we, you know, he, whatever. But the biggest part of, of this and kind of the saddest part is that Linda Harris stood up in front of us and shared with us the most important part of going to church, which is to have a sense of humor. I, I, I think our God created us to laugh. And, uh, and we don't laugh enough, especially in church. So thank you so much for sharing all your laughs. Uh, if you don't know this already, Jim and Linda are in the midst of preparing to move to Albuquerque. And, and so, uh, I guess kind of sort of, well, one suggestion is, is that when you get to Albuquerque, you should church shop. You should do that. And, um, but if you end up at Central, uh, you know, then I'm going to get uh, Ross to get you to preach some Sunday and make everybody laugh. Especially about this section right here. This is the sinner section. Okay, that was parables for this week. Next week we have, who do we have? Marianne and Mike Daves and Margaret Grant. Okay. So if you don't know any of those people, you should come and get to know these people through parables. Hey, you have about 15 minutes, and you guys can come back and uh, listen to uh, Amy preach because it's a good one.